Well, it's so good to see you guys. For all of you who are joining us online, welcome. Is your faith big for God to do something crazy today? I'm going to ask you one more time, as if I did not hear that very lame response. Is your faith big? God's listening, okay? Is your faith big for him to do something unbelievable in your life today? Come on. Come on. Well, well, as Pastor Chris said, that we are on our week three or step three in our Church in 3D series. And the whole point of us going through this is that we want you to know how to grow. We, we want you to know how to grow in your walk with God. We want you to know where to go when you find yourself in need for breakthrough. We want you to know what to do when you find yourself in those life situations where we really don't know what to do. And we have been convinced by Jesus and the power of the word of God that if we position our lives around a few things, there is nothing that he can't do. And so we have started every week of this Church in 3D series with, with a refresher, a reminder course, if you will, on who we are. We call it our foundation stones, our, our, our manifesto, whatever you want to call it. But these are those things. Now, here's the deal. I already warmed you up. So I'm about to invite you to read these with me with passion, clarity, and volume. All right. Now, my anticipation is that you are going to jump in with us with everything that you have. Is my anticipation right? Here we go. Jesus is our message. Serving is our privilege. Honor is our language. Hope is our belief. Celebration is our soundtrack. Generosity is our standard. And transformation is our byproduct. If you're like, hey, who are you guys? What are you about? This is it. This is who we are. These are the big, unshakable things that are never going to change around here. And they will always be the always bees. You know what I'm saying? These are the things that we are building everything on. As I've said, these are why we do what we do and why we don't do what we don't do. It's because we want the foundation of this house to be a house that is built on the truth of who Jesus is and what that means for our lives. Can I get an amen? amen? Now, all of us look at this list and say, yes, I want more. What the steps are, are our, our road to those things becoming who we are. If this is, if this is who we are, the steps are how we get there. And we've been walking through them. So let's just look at them and here, here's the deal. I'm, I have a lot of faith now. You, you, you showed me that you were there. Now, hang in with me. Here we go. Read this with me. Encounter, matter, belong, grow, and build. One more time. Encounter, matter, belong, grow, and build. Now, here's the deal. I don't want you just to know a couple of lists. It's not my goal. My goal is not that you would be like, oh, yeah, I go to Antioch. Let me hit you off with two lists. All right. That, no, that, that, that's not... The goal at all, again, what we want to do is equip you the best we can so that when you find yourself in a storm, you're not shaken. When your marriage is struggling, you're not overwhelmed. When you lose your job, it's not the end of the world. Because you know where to go 
to experience the fullness of who God is. And all of these things, these steps honestly are birthed out of questions. They're, They're questions that we should ask ourselves and honestly questions that we should ask each other. When you find yourself in one of those moments when life just comes and gets you, can we just be real, just right off the gate this morning? You know what I'm saying? When life just comes and gets you, and nothing you see, I mean, you, I mean, you didn't see it coming, and then all of a sudden, it's just everything begins to fall apart. Relationships, finances, kids, you name it, difficulty, right? These are great questions to ask yourself, and they're great questions to ask those who are around you. Are you encountering God? Are, are, are you encountering God? Are you touching something that's touching someone else? Are you mattering? Are, are, are you connecting with people? Are you belonging to community or are you just attending church? Are you leaning into the tools around you that can equip you and help you to grow? Are you inviting others in the journey? You know what these questions are? These are discipleship questions. That's a phrase you sometimes hear in church. Like discipleship. Outside of the church, you would hear the term like mentorship. Is that you're coming alongside somebody who can help you walk through the impact zones in your life so that you can become further along in your journey than where you were but when you started. Every great, healthy discipleship relationship revolves around these simple questions. It's not, a, it's not complex. It's not hard. It's not overwhelming. Anybody can do it. Anybody can sit with somebody and say, yo, are you encountering God? Yo, are you touching something that's touching others? Are you belonging to a community? Like, that, that it's, it's not hard, but, 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 it, but it's hard. Why? Because community is hard. Man, if the, if the pandemic highlighted anything, it, it was this. If you were connected to somebody or a group of people that were asking those questions, you made it. If you didn't, you struggled. Check this out. Gallup did a survey in November. They do this survey every November. They've been doing this survey every November since 2001. And this is what they found. Americans who classified their mental health as excellent has reached an all-time low. Is anybody surprised by that? The share of Americans who describe their mental health as excellent and good has also reached an all-time low. Nearly every demographic subgroup saw the state of their mental health decrease from 2019 to 2020. However, this is Gallup. However, Among Americans who attended religious services weekly, 46% classified their mental health as excellent. Listen, listen. 
the figure increased from 42% in 2019. Are you hearing me? Everyone's, every subgroup struggled except one. One subgroup thrived. Why? Because the church is a weapon against the enemy, stealing, killing, and destroying your hope, your joy, your depression, your anxiety. And man, it is not perfect, and Lord knows it is not easy. But it matters. What God does when we come together, hear me, when we come together in any way. Can I, can I just make that really clear? When we come together anyway, it's not just when we come together here on Sunday. But when we come together in a life group on a Wednesday. Or we show up on a park on a Saturday. Anytime we come together. It is essential. Because it is a weapon against the enemy stealing, killing, and destroying what God is doing. There's an old African proverb that I ran into a few years ago, and I absolutely love it. Here's what it says. If you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. Can I say that again? If you want to go fast, Go alone. How many parents in the house are like, amen? Because, look, I, I used to need 30 minutes before my flight took off at the airport. Now that I'm not alone, I need two hours. Right? Isn't it amazing? How can somebody so small? I remember the first time we really traveled with Sophie. She was just a couple of months old. I'm like, you could fit in my suitcase. Why do you need three? Right, but, but this, this African proverb is a fact. If you want to go somewhere fast, yeah, go by yourself. But if you want to go far, if you want to go far, go together. How many of you were at Easter? Man, it, was, it wasn't rich. It's amazing. Now, it, like, here's the deal. I, I, I mentioned in my sermon on Easter that I had just returned from a retreat with a few Antioch pastors from around the country. And it was just an amazing time of being together and just enjoying God. It was so cool. Hearing the stories of what God's doing around the nation. Man, again, be encouraged. God is moving, man. God is moving in America. God is moving. Don't, don't, don't believe the, the hype of discouragement. God is on the move in America. The church is alive and well in America. So we're hearing these stories. Now, here's the thing. We also have a lot of hangout time. And I had two different people in two different environments, completely separate from one another, come up to me and say, Griff, have you watched that show that's called Alone? And I was like, no, I haven't, mostly because it sounds horrible. <laughs> okay, how many of you have heard of this show? No one? Oh, this is great then. Great illustration, J.D. Meeting them right where they are. <laughs> okay, well, sorry, kids ministry. I'm going to have to explain this, so it might be a little long. Okay, so here's the show. Pretty simple. They take 12 people. They drop them off in 12 separate 
isolated areas and they have to survive completely alone and they're only allowed to bring 10 items with them. They can't talk to anybody. They can't interact with anybody. They are alone. Now, look, confession. I'm an introvert. I love me some alone time. I love to be by myself. But this is like alone, alone. I tried to take a personal retreat one time when I was just starting in the ministry. Some idiot told me, dude, you need a personal retreat by yourself. They lied. I, I, I go into the mountains of Washington State. I didn't last but 12 hours. I heard a fly buzz across the room. I said, nope, uh-uh. No, no, no. No, no, no. I'm out of here. I, I went home less refreshed than when I came. So the idea of this show is like, why would I want to watch something that's like a built-in trigger? You know? Like, no. But when you have a couple of people tell you, dude, you're going to love this, I, you know, I'm like, all right, I'll check it out. So I go, I, I, I turn it on, and yo, they were right, man. I binged that thing. I've been watched that. I'm talking about like two days. I mowed it. I mean, I just inhaled it. I absolutely loved it. I mean, now, look, full disclosure, if you've never seen it, most of the people on there are like, you know, like trolls. They like make their own clothes and talk to trees and kiss dirt and stuff. But if you're into that thing, you know, be you. But, here, but here's the deal. There's like survival ninjas. I'm talking about making stuff out of nothing. I mean, they show up and they're making traps and snares and they're making fishing lines and nets and building their homes and all this stuff. And, man, and, and my kids are, are watching it with me, right, and, and disciple them and, and binge watching television on Netflix. And, and we're sitting together and we're, we're having a moment. We're like four hours in and we're like, yeah, you know. And, and, and so we start playing some bets on who's going to win, you know, because that's what you do. <laughs> <clears throat> raise up your kids in the ways of the Lord. <laughs> and, and so we, uh, honestly, all of us had our money on this guy who had a military background. And I mean, his, his stru the structure that he built for his house looked like a log cabin. I mean, it was unbelievable, man. Everybody else is struggling with the elements. I mean, this dude is like toasty warm. He built like a fireplace. It's unbelievable. He is catching so much fish that he has a week and a half worth of fish. Extra this dude is healthy, smart, fit. I mean, he's just, he even made a washing machine out of his pot so he could clean his clothes. I mean, this, I'm like, my money's on this guy. Three and a half weeks in with food to eat, a shelter to keep him dry. He calls and says, I'm out. It wasn't the elements. It wasn't the hunger. It wasn't the challenge. It was the isolation. He said, why in the world would I do all this if I'm going to be by myself? You have, the most, you have the most successful survivalists in the world, and none of them make it longer than a month and a half. Not because they don't have the skills, because isolation will kill you. If you want to go fast, yeah, give it a shot. Go alone. But if you want to go far, we have to go together. And when it comes to life, I don't know about you, but I want to go far. I don't want to just have a moment. I want to go far. I want to be 90 years old in love with Jesus. 
more radical about who I am in God at 90 than I am today. 90 years old, I want to be more in love with my wife than I am today. I want to love my kids more than I love them today because I want to go far. I don't just want to go fast. I, I, I want to go far, but something's happening. I don't know if you've noticed it in culture, but something's happening. And maybe it's just how old I am now. But it feels like weekly, somebody that I knew or know didn't make it far. Leaving their spouse, having affairs, pursuing homosexual life, renouncing their faith, saying God isn't who he says he is, the Bible isn't real. People I lived with in college people that we went, we traveled the world together, sharing the story of Jesus together. We would wake up early and, 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 and seek heaven together in our living room, praying the paint off the walls, worshiping, setting our alarms at three o'clock in the morning to go to the prayer room at the church. Yeah, they had a moment where they ran fast, but they didn't make it far. And here's the deal, 100% of the time, I know a lot of y'all are like, oh, dude, that's extreme, dude. No, 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 it's a fact. 100% of the time, the story starts the same way. They start isolating themselves from here, the church, from people that will look at them and lovingly shape them. And they start believing their thoughts more than they're believing the Bible. Are you hearing me? They start chasing after passion, thinking it's the main thing, but it's just a thing. And, they, and, and it doesn't fit in the context of community because, because people are wanting to say, hey, hold on now. But instead of allowing the, 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 the people around them to shape them, they said, you know what? It's, the problem is not me. The problem's the people. And so they eject themselves from community. And if you want to go far, we have to go together. And every time I hear one of those stories, every time I watch a pastor that I listen to fall into sin, Every, every time I hear about one of my friends that has left the faith, it scares me to death. Because I want to go far. Do you want to go far? That's really the question. Do you want to go far? Fast is easy. Passion is easy. Can I be honest with you? Zeal and passion, that's easy. Got it for days. Far is hard. The question is, do we want to go far? There's a story that Jesus told in Mark 4, and it's the parable of the sower. It's a very famous passage of Scripture and, and is and will always be a great place of clarity and all of us understanding that if you love Jesus, that we are those who sow good seed. That's what it means, and, and, and this parable will always mean that. But as I was just reading over it over the past couple of weeks, I felt like the Lord showed me that it's not just about the seed. I, I don't know about you, but I've often read this and read it through the lens of the seed is always good. 
But I began to see that also, man, it matters the soil that you plant your life in. This is what it says in Mark 4, verse 3. Listen, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed some seed, it fell on the path and the birds came and ate it up. And other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil and it sprang up quickly. And since it had no depth of soil, when the sun rose, it was scorched. And since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and it choked it. And it yielded no grain. And other seed fell into good soil and brought forth grain, growing up and increasing and yielding 30, 60, and 100 fold. And then Jesus said, whoever has ears, let them hear. Now, I want you to understand that when Jesus tells this story, the reason why he started by saying, listen, is because him and his disciples were minding their business and thousands of people began to follow Jesus. And Jesus is teaching, and they're like, yo, we can't hear you. So Jesus had to get into the first ever mega church amphitheater, a boat. And he had them push the boat out a little bit on the water so that more people could hear him preach. And his disciples were fired up about it. Think about it, man. They had left everything to follow this dude. And now they're like, oh, yo, my dog can preach. Oh, uh-huh. people, this is exciting. Yeah, how many of you are excited to be about something that's growing? They're looking around, they're like, oh, we made it. Yeah, Jesus, we see you, dog. Yeah, I'm a disciple. Here, here's your seat over here. I'll be an usher. Peter's like, yeah, man, I'm going to get in the back. I'm going to backstage it. I got a green pass. You know what I'm saying? I'm it. And then Jesus starts to preach this. And after the sermon, the disciples get in the boat. They're like, yo, Jesus. Great message. I mean, really, like the way you painted that picture of the sower and the soil. I mean, just wow. That was really something. Here's the deal. What are you talking about? Okay, can you imagine their frustration? It's like you bring your friend to church and I'm gonna preach a message on circumcision. You're gonna come up to me and be like, oh, bruh, really? Of all the weeks, we're, we're talking about circumcision right now. I brought my dog, man, this is Sammy. I work with Sammy, bro. You're talking about, what, man, well, where's the funny stories, man? Like, where's the, like, uh, and then they come to Jesus, they're like, well, bro, like, what, what you talking about, a sower? And some seed and some soil? Come on, no, man. Tell them about the kingdom and tell them about everything they're going to get, you know? You're talking about seed? Can you imagine how frustrated his disciples were? Jesus, look at all these people. Ain't nobody know what you're talking about. You got about five minutes to preach another sermon. Are they going to leave confused about seed and farmers? I heard this this past week, and I just couldn't agree more. Can you just imagine the patience of Jesus? The patience of Jesus to be the all-knowing Savior and to look at these dudes being like, you're talking about some seed? 
Jesus looks at him in his compassion and his, and his kindness, and he says, let me break it down for you. The seed is the word of God. And when the word of God goes out, it is always good. A hundred percent of the time, the word is good. And a hundred percent of the time, the devil wants to steal and kill and destroy that seed from bearing fruit in your life. And so Jesus says, look, so when the seed falls on the path, there's no place. It's a hard place. The heart is hard. And so the seed has no place to sink in. And so the enemy comes and just steals it before it can take root. The shallow soil is, 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 is like seed that's received. And on the surface, it's just like a surface level. It's like a, it's like a surface level experience. It's, it's like coming to church, but not living church. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to shout amen. I'm going to get into it. Moses is a good singer. This is good Christian karaoke. I'm in. But that seed, it, 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 it doesn't get transformatively deep. It just stays on the surface. So, surface. so when, when life gets hot, when the sun shows up, guess what happens? It gets burned up. Jesus goes on to say that some seed falls along the thorns. You know what the thorns are? It's like it, it's good soil. It takes root. It goes deep. But you didn't take the step to till the soil. So the fear of the world and anxiety it, and, and, and failure and, and this false sense of security and extreme opinions and desires for worldly things, the lust of the flesh, it chokes out your ability to bear any fruit. Can you see right here that Jesus is saying that the seed is always good? The seed always bears fruit. But what's around the seed will affect what comes from the seed. Ooh, that was an amen moment. If you're new to church, that's when you start shouting. Let me, let me say it one more time. Just I'm going to give you a little practice run. The seed is always good, but what's around the seed will affect what comes from the seed. The soil that's around you will affect the fruit that's coming from you. Come on, somebody. This is, this is going to help somebody. The soil that is around the seed is going to affect the fruitfulness of the seed. That African proverb tells us, right? Like, if we want to go far, we got to go together. Can I add a JD proverb? Who you go with will determine where you end up. If you want to go far, go together, but who you go with is going to determine where you end up. The closest people to you are either going to be weed removers or weed fertilizers. Oh, it's going to get tough for about three minutes. Give me three minutes 
and then we're going to get free, okay? Three minutes of pain. Ain't nobody going to be able to walk out of this one untouched. I'm sorry. It's just that. It's that real. If you surround yourself with people that fertilize your weeds, those weeds are going to choke the fruit right out of you. Hey, listen to me. It's no longer people that we sit across the phrase from. It's people that we read. It's people that we listen to. Ooh, if you're more frustrated than full of faith, check your weed fertilizer. If you're more anxious than hopeful, check your weed fertilizer. You fertilizing? You got people around you that are fertilizing those weeds? Or you got people around you that are helping you remove those weeds? You got people that are pouring gasoline on your drama? Or people that's pouring water on your drama? You got people looking at you being like, take it easy, bro? Or people looking at you like, yeah, you're right, dog. Here's the deal. The fruit that will come out of your life is evidenced by the soil that you've planted your life in. I heard this one time, I'm going to steal it, that I can tell you exactly where your life is going to be by looking at the five closest people to you right now. I can predict if you're going to be full of faith and full of love or full of anger and full of bitterness. I can predict it. I can look at your podcast you're listening to, and I can predict if you're going to be filled with discouragement, faith, and fear, or you're going to be filled with faith, truth, and breakthrough. Because the soil that you plant yourself in matters. Are you hearing me? Jesus is addressing the soil. And yeah, we got to till the soil of our soul. And we got to till the soil that we plant our life in. There's nothing more essential than you being put in good soil. You know, you know, you know, you've been around some good soil people. You get around them, you, are, you just start feeling like, oh, anything can happen. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You, you could have encountered them, and, and you walked into that situation, bummed out, discouraged, angry, bitter. You have one interaction with them, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, God is real. Why is that? Because the fruit that comes from your life is connected to the soil around your life. You, you got to be planted in good soil. You have to be planted in good soil. Yeah, you can run fast by yourself, but you're not going to get very far. If you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, we got to go together. You know, a few years ago, there was a foreign exchange student that some people who were actually here in the city of Austin ran into on UT's campus because they were on an impact trip from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Holla at your boy if you love the boot. All right? I love me a little boot. My family's from the boot. I love it. I got enough Cajun in me to give me an excuse to be crazy. All right? I, I love Louisiana. Love it, love it, love it. And this team came down, and, and they were spending a week here with one goal. We want to love Austin. That was their goal. We want to love Austin. Austin. 
That was it. So they would spend time walking around. They would ask God, God, would you lead our steps and so we can meet people who are good soil people? You know, that's a good prayer to pray. And they ran into this young man named Daniel, who was a foreign exchange student from Mexico, who was studying here in Austin for one semester. They go up to him to strike up a conversation with him. And they're like, hey, man, we got this thing we got doing, we're doing tonight. It's called Life Group. You should come. So Daniel is like, sure, I'll come. So he shows up to Life Group. He goes to Life Group, and he's hanging out with this group of people, and they become his friends. One of our leaders, Jake, was, like, loving on him, investing in him, being there with him, just hanging out with him. And Jake brought him to an encounter night. Now, encounter nights are things that we do every once in a while where the whole goal is just we're going to worship and pray and meet God. That's, what we're, that's why we're here. And, and so, and he comes, and guess what happens? Because when you show up, God grows you up. Oh, that didn't, some of y'all didn't hear that. When you show up, God grows you up. And, and, and so he shows up to encounter night, and he encounters Jesus, and he gives his life to Jesus at encounter night. That's good news. He gives his life to Jesus at encounter night. The next week, we have an impact trip, our own impact trip, where we're going to San Antonio. The guys that are with him are like, dude, why don't you come with us? He goes, his life gets radically transformed on this impact trip. He is a completely different human being now. And he is getting ready to leave to go back to Mexico. And he's fired up. He's like, I'm going to do there what you guys did for me here. And we're like, man, you got it, dude. You, we're with you. And then he looks at us and he says, you know what? Before you guys came and said hi to me, I felt invisible. And now you gave me a family. You know, there are about a million Daniels walking around today. They feel invisible. They feel invisible. They, they, they feel lonely. They feel isolated. They, they're, they're discouraged. The, the pain they're going through is so intense. I was at a store last night. I was just running in to grab something. You ever, you ever try to be in a hurry and the Lord makes you slow down? Oh, man, I ran into this store trying to grab something. My kids are in the car. This lady beelines for me. I knew immediately. As soon as she was coming, I was like, oh, God. I'm just being real with you, man. I wish I was more spiritual. I was like, yeah, I'm just trying to. And I was like, hey, how are you? She's like, I'm not doing really well. That's her lead. Never met her. That's her lead. I'm not doing really well. I'm like, bummer. I was like, well, what's going on? She's like, I've got all these relationship issues. I was like, oh, relationships are hard. We, we had a, we, I got to see her. Hey, listen, people feel invisible all around us. They want to belong to something. They want to have a family. They want to feel like they're connected to something that's moving and growing. All we have to do is open our eyes to it. We weren't created to go through life alone. That's why why if Gallup taught us anything, 
It's that if you want to go far, you got to go together. Man, we, we, look, they're imperfect. But I want to encourage you, you got to get involved in a life group. You want to know why? Because your life is going to get hard. And I'm not going to be there for you. Somebody's going to die, and I'm not going to be there for you. You're going to lose your job. I'm not going to be there for you. But your life group leader will. And your life group will be there. They're going to hold your arms up. And yeah, of course, I'm going to be at everything I can be, and I'm going to do. But look, it's not about you knowing me. You got to get connected to a community, man. Because look, if you got some passion in your heart, some fire in your heart right now, it's not about just that, that sprint that you're on. It's about making it far. And you can't make it far unless you're with a group of people. It, we, we need each other. We have to walk with one another. The very beginning of the church, and, and I'm going to bring it to an end right here, but the very beginning of the church and literally the foundation passage of our entire church and the Antioch movement is Acts 2, 42 through 47. The reason is because it is a Polaroid picture of the early church doing what they do. And this is what it says, Acts 2, 42 through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe. And many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone who had need. Are you hearing that? They had each other's back, man. You want to know why people found a way to thrive in the midst of lockdown? It's because the church never shut down. Are you hearing me? I'm tired of people saying that. Because if you were connected to a group of people that were asking those questions of do you encounter God? Are you touching something that touches others? Then your soul never stopped processing and growing. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Oh, that'll preach. I'm not even going to camp on that. But look, listen, it doesn't say with bitter and frustrated judgmental spirits. No, 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 no. With glad and sincere hearts. Glad and sincere hearts. Fruit of the Spirit. First one, love. Second one, what? Joy. Uh-oh. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness. With glad and sincere hearts. Praising God and enjoying favor. Enjoying the favor of all people. How, how could you not experience the favor of God if you're walking around with a glad and sincere heart. Oh boy, I'm telling you what, how can you not have people stop you in the store because they're hurting and they're like, I feel a glad and sincere heart on you. 
I, I feel a glad and sincere heart on you. And so they had favor with all people. Why? Because people are walking around feeling invisible. And we are inviting them into a family to be seen, to be known by the living God, and to experience the power of the church being the church. Listen to this. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The seed is always good. The seed is always good. And if the soil's good, it's going to bear good fruit. Are you hearing me? If the seed is good, if the soil's good, it's going to bear good fruit. And we got two soils we have to deal with. The soil of our soul and the soil of our feet. We have to till the soil of our heart. God, get rid of all the bitterness and frustration and anger and, and unforgiveness that I have in my, the soil of my heart. De-weed that stuff. And then we got to get around people with our feet, the soil that we touch with our toes. We got to get around people that are on that same soil that are not going to fertilize the weeds that are within us, but they're going to come around us and they're going to help us see those things removed from us. Come on, church, we got to belong. We got to belong. You want to go fast? Yeah, give it a shot. Go alone. You want to go far? We got to go together. You want to go fast? You could go by yourself. You want to go far? We got to go together. Who wants to go far? If you want to go far, I want you to stand to your feet. If you want to go far, I want you to stand to your feet. If you want to go far in your relationship with God, I want you to stand to your feet. If you want to go far in the pursuit of God in your life, if you want to go far in your marriage, if you want to go far as a parent, if you want to go far as a leader, if you want to go far as a business person, if you want to go far as a doctor, then you have to get people around you that are going to fertilize the good things in your soil and remove the dead things out of your soil. Let's pray. Jesus, just lift your hands to heaven. Jesus, Lord, would you make us good soil? God, would you make us good soil? Make us good soil, Lord. Lord, I just ask right now for every person that's here that's not connected to a life group because it hurt last time that they were, that they would have courage to lean in again. Lord, every person that gave community, quote unquote, a try and it didn't work out, courage to lean in again. Lord, we need to belong to you and we need to belong to one another. We need to belong to you and we need to belong to one another. Lord, plant us in good soil. Plant us in good soil. By the power of the Holy Spirit, everybody said, amen. Let's worship Jesus today.